0: You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash Alabang.
1: We're about to start a brand new series, but you know, as uh, I have seen the title selfless, I'd like to also thank those of you who volunteered last week in our volunteer weekend. We have over 1,000 people who volunteered uh, in the different ministry. Can we just give the Lord a hand for that? Thank you so much. The day, uh kicking off this uh, month of love, that's why you're probably wondering why are we hearing this love song. Uh, February is the month of love. We're launching a brand new series titled Selfless. Everybody say Selfless. What kind of love are we looking for? And so uh, we do hope that this series will be able to un- answer that. It will be a four-part series uh, starting today until the end of February. Uh, today, to uh, to kick off the, the preaching, uh, we've invited uh, one of our uh, senior leaders in our Metro Manila churches. Uh, pastor CJ Nunag is the senior pastor of our Victory uh, U-Belt okay that 's his eldest son uh, he 's from victory U belt uh, he 's not a neophyte minister pastor uh, C j uh, has been in the ministry for about eighteen years he 's been in the campus ministry for a lot of years served as uh, the every nation campus national director for about seven years traveling uh, across the Philippines and beyond, and also in Asia, ministering to young people in the area of LIFE, li- uh, uh, Leadership, Integrity, Faith, and Excellence. And so we go to different campuses, and so Pastor CJ is part of that team. How many of you are young people? Please uh, raise your hand. Can we just give uh, a hand to these young people? you know We appreciate our young people. You are so important. Okay, you are you. Yes, your young ones, okay? Uh, And so, Pastor CJ also became a pastor in uh, our church in Davao, in Dumaguete, and also in uh, Malate. And now he uh, heads up uh, Victory U-Belt because Pastor Gilbert... Uh, who used to be the senior pastor there is now taking over, uh, the leadership of the Every Nation Philippines as the executive director. And so Pastor CJ happens to have a very lovely and anointed wife, a woman of God who also knows how to preach. Uh, you should hear her preach as well. They have two wonderful children. Why don't we all welcome right now Pastor CJ Nunag to share the word for us.
0: Pastor Ariel, thank you so much, Pastor Ariel.
1: Good afternoon,
0: everyone. I'm just so honored to be in front of you. I bring greetings coming from U-Belt, and U-Belt is one of the most exciting places you can be in. Okay, uh, for those of you who raised your hand, you feel young. You still feel like uh, 25 years old and below. Our church there—about 60% of the church uh, of the attendance of the church in Victory U-Belt—is about in that range. I mean, they're like 25 years old and below. It's about 60% of the people there, so you could feel the atmosphere. So if you have a college student there or maybe you just graduated off from college, so, so that could be one of the places where you could bring your friends, so that's Victory U-Belt. Now, sometimes when they ask me, so what made our team decide to bring you there in Victory U-Belt? I would just tell them, we just have a very good team of empowering, of, of leaders who empower other leaders. It's not because I was the most qualified. In fact, Victory U-Belt started off 33 years ago. Ganun na po yon. That's in 1984 when I was about uh, 6 years old. So a lot has been happening already. A lot of people have invested there already. A lot of leaders have come and go. That's why it is where it is right now. And that's the reason why I do acknowledge the leadership of Pastor Ariel and Miss Shirley. They're part of our apostolic team. I have personally learned a lot from them way back when I was in college. I would hear them talk about finance, about marriage, about family. And these are still some of the things that my wife and I apply even up to now. And I'm sure you are so blessed about their leadership. What has happened here in Victory Alabang has been totally phenomenal and something that we could always celebrate and thank God for. So to the rest of the staff, the full-time staff, the volunteers and the leaders here, I want to say thank you. And of course, Pastor Ariel and Miss Shirley, thank you so much for your leadership that honors God in this place. Could we give your leaders here a round of applause? Thank you, Pastor Ariel, once again. Thank you, Miss Shirley. Now, I would want to reintroduce again my family to you. Um, My son is here. His name is Samuel. He's 11 years old. He loves uh, Minecraft, uh, everything about Star Wars and Lego. That's his expertise, okay? My daughter right there, her name is Elizabeth. She is very artistic in nature. She loves ballet, dancing, uh, writing letters, and creating crafts. For my wife, who's right here, could I ask you, please, please, sweetie, if you could please stand? There you go. So that's my wife for the past uh, 13 years. And, of course, we look forward to spending a lot more years together. Now, I mean, if you notice my wife, you no, know, you would know how blessed I am. You see, I mean, it's like I get to wake up every day, and right beside me is the most beautiful of God's creation. I mean, how can you not... Uh, Fall in love every day. It's a good thing I have the mic right now. But since it's actually Valentine's and it's love month, it didn't always look like this for me and my wife. At some point in our lives when we got married, it looked like that. There you go. That was way back when I had my hair. So that was 13 years ago, and that was my wife. So every year, we take the opportunity to revisit our wedding album. And that particular year, we actually took notice of this picture. So I was asking my wife, why are our reactions so different? Now, it is pretty obvious. The preacher there was giving his message. That was Pastor Jonathan on the video earlier. And I'm so happy. And you look like I don't know what you were trying to think of. So I mustered enough strength and I asked her, what were you thinking about? So she returned the question back to me and she asked me back, how about you what were you thinking of what were you thinking about and then i actually said this i'm hon- honestly what i was thinking during that moment when the preacher was giving the word was that jackpot talaga ako i feel like i hit the jackpot so i asked her back then and said how about you what were you thinking about what were you thinking of and then she said ang iniisip ko nung time na yon tama ba ito lord <laughs> so i was like <laughs> So, if I all of a sudden speak in Filipino, please be kind enough to your neighbor who may not understand it. But just simply means, is this the right thing to do, Lord? And again, 13 years later, I still feel like I hit the jackpot. And at the same time, my wife would attest and say she actually did the right thing, okay? So our series is about selfless. We're going to talk about love and whom you hear the person next to you have experienced how it is to be in love. Oh, yeah, there you go. The person next to you, not necessarily you, okay? Just the person next to you. Now normally when you're being asked, why do you love a person? Um, What answer do you give? Why do you love your spouse? Why do you love your boyfriend, your girlfriend? Why do you love your parents, your mother, your father? Why do you love your siblings? Normally, we would give answers that would reflect on the things that we get out from that relationship. I would say things like, well, uh, what's not to love? I mean, she's been very nice to me. You know, she has done this for me. So what is not to love, right? But you see, our entire series is all about a new kind of love, a new standard for love. And that is the selfless kind of love. In a day and age wherein the world today would define love in so many ways. Now, that is not necessarily a wrong way to define love. Obviously, there are some returns there for you as well. You know, you get to express love and then you get love back in return. And this is such a great feeling when people start to reciprocate the love that you're actually giving. It's something like that. But in the end, you know, the kind of love that God would want us to experience is this kind of love. Because that is the love that he has given us. It's the selfless kind of love. And in the end, more than just giving love and then expecting something back in return, this is the kind of love as well that he would want us to give to the relationships that we have around. You know, since it's love month, and I've shown some of the photos that I had earlier, during the earlier days... I remember asking some of the older couple I know, and even my parents and I would ask them, who do you think was the best love team of all during your time? Okay? During your time. And they would say, it's about this couple right there, yoba. Yung iba say nyo kilala nyo, yung bandi nyo nakilala, but try to ask Pastor Ariel and Shirley later, okay? They would say, because they fit so well, when they look at each other, it feels like I'm falling in love as well. Diba? So, something like that. The reason is about, oh, they look good together. They feel like, I mean, feel like there's something in their chemistry that works well together. And therefore, there, that must be a good definition of love. Now, several generations later, which is now my generation, diba? this is now the love team. Nagbago na. Now, all of a sudden, this has changed. But when you ask them why are they fit together, why are they good as a love team, you would hear the same reasons. It seems like, you know, when they look at each other and and we've we've kind of like seen this happen time and again. The couple is going to change, but the reasons are going to be the same. Now, if you're going to personally ask me, one of my top most favorite love team of all is none other than this couple right here. I mean, why do I need to look even farther I mean, if Pastor Ariel and Miss Shirley is actually right there. Talking about a love team, you know, Paul was never naive to that. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 5, this is what he said. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. The mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ in the church. So Paul was saying here, here's a man, here's a woman, they're a love team. You know, for you to be able to understand how they become one, for you to be able to understand how they hold fast together, you also have to understand how Christ is to the church. For you to understand what love is, you know, how will a husband and a wife, how will these two people who's most likely, quote-unquote, in love with one another, experience a greater kind of love? How will we understand that? Paul was saying you have to understand Christ and the church. He referred it back that if you understand and experience how Christ loved his church, how Christ would sacrifice selflessly for the church, then you would begin to understand as well the kind of love that he would want, not just a man and a woman who's in love to experience, but for you and all of your relationships out there to experience as well. Let me just say this then, that God's love through Jesus Christ allows us to experience love in a greater way. There are different kind of loves, love that you could give there, but there's nothing like experiencing God's love through Jesus Christ. That's what Paul was saying. If you understand Christ and the church, what God has done through Jesus Christ, it allows you to experience Him in a greater way, and that's the kind of love that you experience, and therefore, that's also the kind of love that you could give out there. Think about this with me for a moment. Who do you think is a person in your life that you need to love more? You don't have to voice out your answer, but you know, think that with me for a moment. Who do you think is a person in your life right now that you need to love more? Maybe this is someone who's totally unlovable. Maybe this is someone who's giving you so much pain, or maybe someone who's annoying you, or maybe someone who loves you back. But whatever the category is, here's the thing. I pray that we all get to experience the love of Christ in a very genuine way. For some of us who's been a Christian for a long time, there's no outgrowing this thing. Okay, we would always want a greater experience of the love of Jesus Christ for us so that not only we're the only, so that it won't end that we're the final recipients of that, but so that we could give that out to people out there as well. Now, Ephesians chapter 5, if you look at how it began, it says here, "Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God." You know, if you would try to study this portion of the scripture, Paul was writing a letter to the church in Ephesus. Now, Ephesus was not necessarily the best church during their time. You know, it's like when you're handling a a certain company, this is the department that is not doing well. Everything else, the department, you know, they're okay. There's uh, so many good things happening there. But at some point, you know, there's this, there's this painful place right here. It's not a good thing. So Paul would write to them and would try to remind them and say, you don't have to live like that anymore. In fact, there, at some point, he would say, there, put away falsehood. If you would look at chapter 4, you put away falsehood. Not just put away falsehood, but let the thief no longer steal. He would tell them, you are no longer that group of people before. I know you used to live this way. I know you used to do love this way. But it's no longer like that. What he's trying to say is that there is now a new way of doing things. And for us to be able to understand these new things... First and foremost, we have to experience the love of God. That's why he routed it back and said it's the love of God that enables us to experience all of these things. Now, what are these new things? If you go a little bit back, I mean, flip your Bible backward, in chapter 4, the last part of it, it says their new life. Now, let me just say this, that the love of God enables us to have new life. This is something that you could experience through the love of God that we could all love differently, that we could all experience new life as a result of God's love for you and me. What, how do we need to live that kind of life? It says there, therefore, be imitators of God. Imitators. Can you say to the person next to you, imitate? Now, this is not the kind of imitation wherein you know, it's a substandard product versus the original product. It's not something like that. You see, this word imitate... In its original language is where the word mimic came from. You mimic. And the meaning of that is not like echoing things. Where you say echo and then in the background says echo, echo, echo. It only lessens in its volume. It's not like that. But the mimic word here simply means how a child copies his or her parents. How a child would copy his or her parents. Oh, mong, you have children here again. Whether they're old already or they're gone out from home or maybe they're still toddlers. There you go. I'm sure at some point you've seen how our children or your children have copied you. Whether it's a skill or it's a talent or a mannerism or a good attitude or a bad attitude. They copy you. Sometimes they even take it to the next level. So that's, that's those, that's how kids are, right? The other week, I, I actually officiated a wedding of uh, a campus missionary, and his name is Norman. The highlight of that wedding for me was when he was honoring his dad. He said, um, Dad, I know that you and Mom, you know, you get into fights, but I've never seen you fight. I just know for a fact that you fight, but I've never seen you fight. And then I said, he said, I want to copy that. And he, he even said, I know that I I know that at some point you hurt each other emotionally, but I know for a fact that you have never hurt mom physically. I want to copy that. I want to imitate that. That's how imitation looks like or trying to mimic. So what do we need to imitate? We need to imitate. We need to be imitators of God, of God. We need to imitate. Now, knowing and understanding that God loves us, that's the very process on how we become children of God. We imitate God not as aliens, okay? Not as fans from far away, but as children. Which means to say there is an acceptance. Which means to say that this is not something that we are forced to do, but this is something that we could actually come into a place of understanding that this, there's no other way but to become just like who my parent is. Because if I truly love God, then I would imitate who he is. Now, interestingly, that word imitators or imitate in its original language is also the same verb that, 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 that implies a son taking on the occupation of the father in the New Testament. If you would notice, that's why they would have people which they call Simon the Tanner because the dad was also a Tanner, Most likely, the grandfather also was a tanner. Very good. Or maybe Jesus as the carpenter. Because the dad was also a carpenter. It's like passing on certain trades. So it's something like that. Now, it's hard for us to relate to that nowadays because we get to have our children choose their own course, right? Being in U-Belt, I get to talk to a lot of college students. And for some of them, they're so excited to become just like their parents. They would say, I want to be a doctor, a surgeon, just like my parents. They're so excited. Some of them, I'm so excited to take on the business of my parents. (laughs) He knows it. And hopefully bring it to the next level. They're so excited because they've seen great examples. They've seen how their parents have loved and have placed so much passion into that trade and industry. And they just love it. Now, I would also, on the other end, encounter students who doesn't want to have anything to do with what their parents are doing. They would say, you know, uh, they just want me to enter a medical field, but what I really want is music. Maybe I'll just give in to them right now, but later on, I'll be doing my own thing. Are they to blame for that? Are the parents to blame for that? I really don't know. But in the end, That's how imitating really is. What you could do in a good parenting tip for all of us is just be as dedicated as you can in honoring God in the craft and in the area that He has given you, okay? And in the end, let them decide. Let them choose. But the way things were done before in the New Testament was that the children were not pressured. It's simply that growing up, I have not seen anything else than a boat, than a fishnet, and th- those are the things I've seen. That's, those were the things I played with. And therefore, in the end, he becomes a fisherman just like the father. Or maybe all I've seen is a chisel, piece of wood, hammer, everything else. And therefore, what happens there? I become a carpenter myself. That's how imitating looks like. You, We become imitators of God as his children. Now, again, in light of imitating God, what we're saying here is we imitate... His living word. We go back to the living word. Obviously, God is not going to show up in physical form so that you could all imitate Him. We could all imitate Him. It's all now written in His word. We go back to God. We go back to His word. And this is the way we're going to live our lives. Okay? This is the way we're going to love as well. We are going to imitate the way Christ loved His church. Okay? And that's a sacrificial way of loving Now, the next thing, according to the verse in Ephesians chapter 5, is that there's a new way. I would say this. That part I would like to highlight is walk in love as Christ loved us. As a part of experiencing the love of God, that experience allows us to walk in a new way. And what do we do? How do we walk? It says that we walk in love. Have you ever seen two people who are in love, or have you ever been in love? I mean, that's, that's the question, right? You know, sometimes when I look at people who are in love, I don't know, there's just a difference between, I mean, there's just, there, there's just a different thing about the two of them, right? Uh, they seem to be more forgiving, I would say. <laughs> parang ganon. Kaya, kaya nga minsan, I'll say this in Filipino, diba. Parang sasabihin nila, parang nag na yung pagtingin mo. Yung parang they would compare and they would say, Nag yung pagtingin mo, because we used to walk a different way before and now it's totally different. Obviously, seasons in life changes, but in the end, it's being compared to how it used to be. Okay. So in light of our verse here today, what we are encouraged to do is to walk in love as Christ has loved us. That's the new way. We will not just walk. We will not just respond In love, we would not just do other things, but hopefully, Paul was reminding them, if we are to take away falsehood, if we are going to become the people whom he wants us to be, then we have to walk in love. Now, going back to chapter 4 of the same book, Ephesians, this is what it says here in reference to walking in love is this. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Now, the key to walking in love with each other, with your spouse, with your girlfriend, not just that, but with your workmates, but with your friends, is this. It's written right there. Forgiving one another. Say that to the person next to you. Forgiving one another. That's very important. That's one of the keys, if not the most important key, in walking in love. I would remember the several times that my my wife and I would have uh, a fight. We don't call it a fight. We call it a passionate discussion. When we have those stuff, and in the end, when things have already been resolved, we would try to occasionally evaluate what we did or how things were resolved between the two of us, and we would commend one another, and we would say, Oh, I'm glad that you were the first one who forgave me. Or you are the first one who forgave me. And therefore, the one who forgives first, whether it's their fault or it's not their fault, is the person who has a better character during that time. It is something like that. We have to grow into this thing as well, like forgiving one another. I would remember my kids too, they would start a dialogue with one another and they would say, you know, I did that to you because you were mean to me. And then the other one would say, no, I did that to you because you were mean to me. You know how relationships work, right? when we go into arguments like that, they just never end. How do you end that? It's there. Walk in love. Forgive. Forgive. I know it's always easier said than done. But in the end, that's why this is a new way of loving. It's not just trying to, okay, let me get things or let me see if there's a return on investment on my part when it comes to you loving me back. Or what, let's see what I could get. It's not like that anymore. You see, that's why it's highly sacrificial. That's why it's selfless. It's a selfless kind of love. And then the last part is this. There's a new standard. There's a new standard. The love of God enables us to give a new standard when it comes to giving love to others. Now, you see, when it comes to standard, setting up a standard is a very important thing. Because... Whatever your standard is, it affects your action. You know, being in U-Belt once again, uh, one time I encountered a student. Now try to remember this with me, okay? What, what, what's a difficult subject when you were in college? You, don't, you still try to remember that? Calculus, math, physics. I don't know why they invent discourses which are not necessary for life later on. I'm kidding, um, it's necessary, okay? you need to graduate that, you need to finish that. But one time, I encountered a person who said, Pastor, you know, alam nyo naman pong, pray ko, pumasalang. Sabi his standard is just to pass. So if, the moment he got 75, he was already celebrating. He was so happy. He said, Pastor, answered prayer. I got 75. <laughs> which means i have passed that's how he is and i was like okay um, are you happy about it yes in fact i'm about to call home and say i passed come on let's rejoice kulang na lang ipapakatay ko na ipapatumba ko na yung baka katayin na natin kasi naka 75 ako but you can't blame him for that because that's his standard obviously it's just to pass now there are other people on the other end I would talk to some students and their standard is perfection or nothing. Who among you are seated right beside someone like that? Perfection or nothing. Man. So they get a 95 and they're sad. I'm depressed. I got 95. What? I'm like, while others are rejoicing, you are being depressed right here because you're like five points away from perfection. But that's because that's His standard. The standards will affect the way we go about things. Which means to say that when we look at a new standard of loving, it's no longer just about getting. It's about being able to sacrificially give according to how Christ loved the church. That's the kind of thing that Paul was trying to emphasize here. Let's begin with that. Okay, even before we talk about the things that you're no longer supposed to be doing because you're no longer unbelievers in my sight and in the sight of God, this is what we need to do first. There is a new standard of loving. It's no longer just about getting. Now that standard is such a high standard. And that standard involves this word called sacrifice. Tell the other person next to you, sacrifice. Sacrifice. That is not a word that we desire for ourselves, right? When you're asked a question, why do you love your spouse? You don't say, because I want to sacrifice for her. <laughs> Obviously, you know, if you want to impress her, you could say that. You could say that. But, you know, in reality, that's not how I feel. I love her because, you know, she loves me back. That's the easier route. That used to be the standard. But the moment I stop getting things from her, What happens to me? Will I still love her back? You know, in reality, the reason why Christ places this as a standard is because in light of God, it's like this. God doesn't get anything from loving us, and yet He continues to love us anyway. This is the relationship we have with God. We are a group of people who are not very easy to be with. You know, we're not like when we stay... We don't stay neutral, Our propensity is always towards sin and evil. That's where our heart is. That's why Jesus had to come and redeem all of us. But you see, when it comes to God, He didn't have to love us. The most logical thing for God and what He has to do in light of His relationship with us is to leave us behind and say, okay, You don't want that. I mean, I've offered everything to you and yet you eat the tree in the middle of the garden, which I said not. You could eat all the other stuff but that one and yet you disobey. Not just that. In so many occasions. Okay, then I'll save you again and then you'll disobey again. The most logical thing for God to do is to leave us and say, okay, you don't want it? I don't have a problem with that. But you see, God's response is different. He sacrificed. These people... They don't love me, I'll draw myself closer even more. They don't want me, I'll love them even more. They reject me, I'll take care of them even more. That's the kind of sacrifice and the sacrificial kind of love that God goes through for each and every one of us. Now bringing that to our relationships, when you think about your relationships, what if at some point, Your wife or your spouse or your husband could no longer give what he used to give. Will we just let go of the relationship or will we sacrifice and love unconditionally? What if your friend can no longer provide the things he used or she used to provide before in light of the relationship that you both have? That's why this topic about being selfless and knowing what selfless love really is helps elevate our level of relationship with one another. What about if you have a relationship, you have a girlfriend and you have a boyfriend, how does this apply to each and every one of us? You know, to, to the person whom you say you love, you have to learn how to sacrifice and hold and do the right things so that this relationship would get on to the next level. That's how it is. Try to imagine that because we're so accustomed to a consumer mind mentality. Okay, consumer mentality. we in, okay, you don't provide the same services as before, then I shift to another doctor. You know, I like this dentist, but, you know, for some reason, shes I mean, her hands are no longer that steady. Then I could leave that doctor, that dentist, and move to the other. Or this grocery store used to give me so much discounts, I have all of these, but now they don't anymore, then I would leave. Now in the economic world, yeah, that's possible, but not in the relational world. Not in the world of relationships. We don't do that. God never did that to us. God never came into a place of saying, okay, let never mind these guys, let's just abandon them, I'll just abandon them, no. He has drawn himself closer. To each and every one of us. He sacrificed. That's why in Romans chapter 5, this is what he eventually did. For while we were still weak, not when we were strong, not when we were doing what is right. At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Now, dying for the godly makes sense. Dying for the ungodly does not make sense. It's such a sacrifice. It's not on the same level, It's like, for example, you failed an exam and then in the end of the grade you get an A. That doesn't make sense. It could never happen. But Christ did it anyway. He died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person through perhaps for a good person. One would would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Sacrificial Kind of love. Sinners, meaning we hated him. It's not like we were running after God, but he was the first one who extended his hand and said, Okay, let me go ahead and reach out to you. Because wherever you are in this relationship, you could never do it on your own. In fact, you would only find yourself falling. In fact, you would never meet the stipulations and the standards of the relationship that we're supposed to have. And a relationship is like that. There are things that I need to do. There are things you need to do for this relationship to flourish. We need to love one another. We need to sacrifice for one another. But what man did was that they abandoned, we abandoned our end. We did not do our part. We did not make the cut. But that's the reason why Christ had to die so that he becomes the standard for each and every one of us, so that he makes it up for us. I know the standards are high. I know it's difficult to forgive. I know it's difficult to be selfless, and yet it's possible because Christ first did it for us, and by his grace, he would enable us to experience that same degree of grace so that we could extend that to other people. I want you to remember this before I pray, that God loves us sacrificially, so we can love others selflessly. Loving others selflessly. You know, I have a friend, his name is JR. I remember the time when he was talking to me about the story of his childhood. He said he was about grade one. As a grade one student, um, he, he sat down in the couch with his dad, and he figured out that his dad and his mom were like fighting and quarreling over things. So at that young mind, the dad said, wait for me. Tomorrow at the same time, I'll be back. I'll be back. So the dad left, he would say. He said that the dad left. So the following day, he was there on the couch waiting for the dad. The dad never came. A week has passed by. The dad still never showed up. 10 years has passed by. The dad still never showed up. Until this time, the dad never showed up. He was gone forever. And it, and it placed a very deep mark in the soul of JR. I said, what did you do? He said, I forgave him. I forgave him. I sought counsel, of course, but I forgave him. Was it easy? Of course, it's not easy. It's a difficult thing. But I forgave him because Christ forgave me. I'm not forgiving him on the basis of my emotions, he said, but I'm forgiving him on the basis of what Christ has done for me. Christ has sacrificed for me. And therefore, I could also give selfless love to other people as well. Today, JR is one of the campus missionaries and he's also one of the pastors in one of our services. Not in New Belt, but here in Manila. You see, it's possible for us to come into a place like that wherein we could be totally selfless. You know, it's a difficult thing. It's a difficult thing But in Christ, it will be made possible for each and every one of us. Bow your heads as I pray. Lord, thank you for this afternoon. I pray for your grace to just come upon each one of us. Thank you, God, for what you've done. Thank you, God. Lord, we first and foremost say thank you for the new life that you have given us in Christ. May we have, Lord, a continuous understanding and an experience of how, Lord, you've sacrificed for us and how you've loved us despite of everything. And Lord, without feeling guilty or without feeling, you know, eliciting some negative emotions on our end, Lord, may we do the same thing to other people as well. It's just the most logical thing to do. You have sacrificed much for us, for our salvation. And may we do the same thing to other people as well. Lord, I take this time and opportunity to pray for any one of us here, God, who may need to forgive someone? It might have been a long standing offense. Teach us to forgive, God. Help us to live into that new way of giving love, Lord, not seeking anything back in return, just like what you did. Help us to forgive, Jesus. May we release these people and say, despite of everything else, we forgive. Despite of the pain, despite of the past despite of whatever may transpire in the future, today I choose to forgive. Lord, help us to forgive God and walk into this new way to walk in love as Christ has loved us. I want to take this time to ask everyone to please stand and still remain in an attitude of prayer as you stand. Before we worship, I want to pray for one more group of people. You know, one of the things that we realize is that Christ gave himself up for the church and the sacrifice was there because God wants to have a relationship with us and it's been made possible through Christ for some of us yes we may know Christ in his name we've read about him but we never really have a relationship with him we have never come into a point of fully believing in his complete work on the cross not for the person next to you, but for you, yourself. I want to give you a chance today to believe in that and say, I want to give my life fully to Christ today. You might have not done this. Maybe it's your first time, second time to be around here, but you've never done this before. You've never come into a place of giving your life to Christ, believing in His finished work so that you could enter into a relationship with Him. I want to pray for you. If that's you, just lift up your hands. That's me, Pastor. Please pray for me. Please pray for me. That is me. I want to give my life to Christ. Yes, I see that hand over there, over here. Anyone else? Yes, I see a hand over there at the back. Just go ahead, lift up your hands. You know, there's nothing to be ashamed of making decisions like this. Because you see, this is the best decision you're ever going to make. And this is a starting point of experiencing that love. To know that Christ died for you. I want to take this time to pray for you. If you're lifting up your hands, some of the victory group leaders could come to you. And I want you to follow this prayer. Yes, sir, I I recognize that hand, sir. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say this, say, say it sincerely with all your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for showing me what selfless love is. Today, I want to experience that. Lord I know that I have fallen short I know that I have sinned and I thank you for forgiving me I thank you for loving me despite of those sins today I want to put my complete trust in your finished work on the cross help me to live this new life help me to walk this new way and help me Lord to raise up my standards and say no to everything that the Bible calls sin. Today, Lord, I give my life to you and I honor you with all my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. And for the rest of us, let's just go
1: ahead and give God a round of applause for His goodness for each and every one of us.